0: Hello and welcome to the For The Wind Podcast, I'm Ted Berg, and a big welcome back to our producer, Hemel Javeri. Hemel, how was India?
1: It was so good. Uh, yeah. It's great to be back, and thanks for, for having me on again. I, I missed our, our chats.
0: Yeah, you know, Luke filled in, and he was adequate.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I <laughs> well, I mean, you know, British colonialism and all that. Uh Luke is great and nothing against Luke. Um,
0: I'm what did you guys I'm even kidding. talk about? Luke was great. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about the state of Florida. We talked about some golf stuff. We talked about uh, his excitement over the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor fight. I mean, we talked about a lot. Of, the sports world moved on in your absence, you know, but but it, we, we miss you on the podcast.
1: That's good. Um, and, yeah, I'm kidding. I love Luke, and I'm glad that he was able to fill in.
0: He he did a good job. I will be begrud- <laughs> I will begrudgingly admit it was nice talking yeah. to him.
1: But let's be clear, he was filling in. It uh, wasn't I like he was that, taken over. Yeah. Go
0: go through the archive and listen. I made it abundantly clear. Uh, I made it abundantly right. clear. He even <laughs> noted that I clearly felt the need to note that he was filling in. So so no worries there. Uh, we we've got a bunch of we've got so we've got limited time because we do. The, the people at home should know that. You are working on a personal hotspot right now, which means I am. we are dependent on your phone battery for the length of this podcast, but we do have a bunch of questions to answer.
1: It'll be like a challenge for us to see how fast we can do this since we, we, tend, to, we tend to like to ramble a bit.
0: In your absence, we did a couple of like 35 to 40 minute podcasts, I promise.
1: Okay, good, good. Um, and
0: may, we'll probably target shorter for this depending on, on your phone life. <laughs> if you're running out, just let us all know. And oh, well. let the listeners at home know that you're out of batteries and we got to wrap up. <laughs> we are very high tech here. Um, so I, I, am, I am in Florida. You're, you are back on domestic soil, and I am uh, in a weird little pocket of the United States that's almost its own country. Uh, it's not quite as remote uh, as India, but I am in the state of Florida at spring training. And so we got a bunch of spring training-related questions which I, I feel like you'll be able to chime in with but I, I actually want to start with one from a week ago that I forgot to answer and okay. it, it I feel like you are someone with a much better fashion sense than me as we've discussed at length and this came I from, love
1: talking about clothes with you so yes let's do this
0: well this one came from my friend Daly uh, it's not his first name but he hmm. uh, on via Twitter he he is a, at Dos Naysayer, for he says mm-hmm. nay. Uh, and he's my real life friend from college, but he wants to know if you had to pick one generic <laughs> uniform, and like it doesn't, it, it could be your name, like it's not not a team uniform, but just the uniform style from any yeah. sport that you had to wear every day in regular life. What would it be?
1: Oh, this is. A very interesting question. Yeah, that's why I
0: felt I felt I, re, I after we did the Q and A with Luke, I looked mm-hmm. through my Twitter mentions and I was like, "Oh, Daly asked a really good question. And I forgot to I forgot to bring it up. But you're better to talk about this with him, Luke, um, on this subject than most others."
1: So, so let me start by saying that you have to kind of consider uh, a variety of things, right? You have to consider. I know for you, comfort is is paramount, right? Mm-hmm. Like for you, it's it's always going to be comfort, mostly. Um. I will say well I'll say I haven't I haven't decided yet but running through the options you want something that's going to be comfortable yet flattering and flattering is a huge thing for me so I'm not going to go with the, like the hockey uniform right because that's just gross <laughs> and bulky and it's going to drown me Yeah
0: that's that <laughs> one well hockey and football I think are clearly out right you're not going to wear yeah. it. Like, football, no, y- you're not going to wear a football helmet. You're not going to wear a helmet. You really don't want to wear a helmet.
1: <clears throat> no, I. you know what I think? I think I'm going to have to go with a gymnastics leotard. Huh. Because it's going to be comfortable but flattering and, in a weird way, keep me warm. Like, I'm also not going to go with, like, NBA shorts and, like, a tank top. Like, I'm going to look ridiculous if I decide to wear that every single day. It's funny. But
0: I- it's funny. I just want to, like, it's funny that you can call a gymnastics leotard flattering because for me that would not <laughs> that would not be that would not be something i would say would be flattering for me. i mean I'm,
1: I'm 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 gonna just go ahead and say it i think i'm gonna look pretty good in that and i know i'm not even trying to be uh i'm not even trying to be modest but you're like yeah gymnastics leotard i'm not to look as great as Simone Biles in it, obviously, but I think I, think I could pull it off. I
0: think you could pull it off yeah. way better than I could, I would say. <laughs> I, I, yes. would, I would not feel comfortable. I, I, I understand <laughs> like that it probably is comfortable. I don't think I would mm-hmm. feel comfortable like walking around outside. And, you know, six I would feel extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm I like am not you insecure, would be a little weird. <laughs> I'm not like deeply insecure or self-conscious, but one way for me to become those things would be <laughs> if you forced me to walk around in a leotard. <laughs>
1: I think it's a little weird. I will I will guarantee you, I think it's a little weird, and I might feel like a little odd coming into the office just like, you know, showing so much of my butt, but otherwise, I think I'm okay.
0: Right, I see. I can't show, I'm just not willing to show any part of my butt <laughs> to the office, so I guess, like, so then that's the, so the. What is the, it for you? The choice for me and... I, I almost feel like it's probably, I mean, if we're not just using major sports, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure you can, I mean, if you're saying, like, darts, then that doesn't count, because no. you can just wear whatever. So, it, I think in the spirit of the question, it has to be a, a uniform Mm -hmm. I almost feel like it's probably soccer for me just because it's like a pretty regular shirt and shorts. I would be fine with that. I'd even be fine with like the high socks and shin guards because, yeah, I trip on things all the time. You know, (laughs) sometimes I'm walking around talking on my cell phone, not looking, and I just run right into stuff. I could use a shin guard in regular life. Whereas, like, I I find, I think a a baseball uniform is probably a, a little bit more, probably similar in terms of comfort. -hmm. Baseball pants, not my best look. Like, I do play baseball, so I wear baseball pants sometimes. I don't think that's, like, the most flattering thing for me. Uh, I I could see. uh, I mean, you'd look ridiculous wearing a basketball (laughs) uniform every day, right? But, like, I feel like, in terms of. Like, uh, I would rather rep basketball, I think, than soccer. Mm -hmm. So people would just be like, hey, maybe that guy. He doesn't look like he's good at basketball. Maybe that guy is, like,. Quietly awesome. If basketball is just coming out of some sort of lead game, I don't know. And You know, maybe people would assume that about me. And that would be probably the best representation of all time of my actual basketball skills because they are horrible.
1: I would say that I... My, I guess my second choice would have been a baseball uniform since even if it's not totally flattering, at least it's like modest and, and covers everything. But the, but the reason that it doesn't work for me is that I look absolutely ridiculous in hats and there's just no way I would be willing to wear like an actual baseball hat to work every day.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like my, clearly my hair is the selling point here, yeah. right? So yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't go about looking like I might be a bald guy. <laughs> When I've got this, like, in, incredible head of hair. So, yeah, hey, I, I see in my head, I guess, uh, mostly when I play baseball, I, I catch. So, I, like, the hat isn't really as much of a factor because you're wearing the helmet and then you take the helmet off. So, like, right. I, I I don't associate baseball, oddly, don't associate baseball <laughs> with wearing a hat as much as baseball is wearing, associated with wearing a hat. Uh, but I can't. I can't i just can't do that to the people right i feel like huma- exactly humanity Wine deserves them. this yeah so it's 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 basketball i think it's basketball i'm gonna settle on that i think the soccer right. shorts probably a little shortcut for me um mm. basketball you can wear them long i would be like I'd clearly be like early 90s university of michigan style i'm not <laughs> going with like the retro john stockton look which oh. is a comeback for some dudes
1: Oh, if we were if we were going with if we had to if we could pick like which style if I I might pick like the super short you know 70s 80s uh, Celtics basketball shorts because I have and so I played high school girls lacrosse and we had these horrible baggy shorts that we had to wear and I have these terrible chicken legs and it was just the most unflattering look ever and I'll remember it forever but. I, th- I thought I, I thought will go with lacrosse, short
0: shorts. I thought Girls lacrosse was a skirt sport. Is that not the case? Is that? Field so body?
1: so I think Girls lacrosse for our school, for varsity girls got to wear the skirts. and I was j v. so okay. we got these like ridiculous shorts. Well, it's
0: pretty ridiculous to be performing sports activities in in skirts, though, right?
1: that's That's so true.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's that's uh, that's probably more of a topic anyway. for you to to discuss than me because I mean, <laughs> I've never been allowed to wear a skirt. It's not society, societally cool. It would be. I've discussed this at length. It would be making a statement. We have. I don't want to make a statement. I would love to wear a skirt. I, it's not going to happen for me. It's very sad. <laughs> uh, let's move on. All right, moving on. That, Next question. That, so um, this one comes from our man Dennis. Has a podcast. We've discussed Dennis before. I've been on his podcast. Great podcast. Uh, hey, to- Dennis good dude in general always has a question for us because he knows the podcasting game he wants to know what's the best part about spring training and follow-up question what sport most needs a spring training type event do, have you been to spring I, training at all
1: no i haven't but i've heard you talk quite a bit about how much you love certain aspects of spring training
0: i do really like many aspects of spring training and i love I, it i mean it's it's valuable to me for like so many different reasons. For one thing, it's like as a as a writer, as a professional, it's really mm-hmm. a valuable way to just sort of get back in the swing of things. For me, I'm dropping into a bunch of different teams camps. So, it's cool to sort of just be like Come in, just kind of try to get a sense of what's going on, the big picture things everybody's talking about in spring training, and then when the season's comes, uh, I know okay, this was the deal with the Astros in February, so like that's the context I need for writing about the Astros in in mm-hmm. May, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not that's not my favorite thing about spring training. I think it's just uh, I think for everyone, it's the the. Proximity you can get, and I've, I was discussing this with Luke last week. Just the, the how close you get to the to the players, and and you get to appreciate them uh, how good they are at baseball more than anything. Not like you know them as dudes, just them as uh, physical athletes. Seeing <clears throat> how hard they throw and how. And you can, you can hear the bat, you know, like the, the bat mm-hmm. speed on some of these guys. It's just incredible. And you can do it from so much closer in spring training than you ever get to do as a fan, right? Like just yeah. – and it's like concentrated. You know, batting practice is – it's not a game. It doesn't count. But you never get to see – you never get to see uh, Jose Reyes take 15 straight swings like you might mm-hmm. when watching him batting practice. And in spring training, you can do that. And I say Reyes just because he was the most recent guy I watched. Uh, you do that from fifteen feet away in spring training, so that's cool. Uh, there's a lot to like. I I uh, I think more than anything though, it's probably just the the timing of it for me. It's just like after the winter, like yep. here comes baseball season, and you get like you, if you come down here every year, you're like, oh my god, there's grass and it's sunny and it's and there's guys doing baseball stuff, and I always. Uh, This is extremely nerdy, and I can't believe I'm admitting this. I actually travel to spring training with a baseball bat and batting gloves because being at spring training just makes me want to go to the batting cage and hit. So, like, tomorrow, at some point, I will probably, I'm I'm driving to Tampa, I will Google and find a batting cage on the road and stop and take some swings.
1: I will say I saw... uh... For those of you that don't know, Ted did a Facebook live today from spring training and through that Facebook live the grass looked impossibly green and the sky was just like a perfect blue. It looked I mean it looked very picturesque, especially it, with the like the Mets, you know, milling around doing batting practice. It was very idyllic. It was a gorgeous
0: day in Florida. It was a it was gorgeous, like 80, gorgeous day. Eighty degrees, no humidity, which is rare down yeah. here. It was it was perfect. It was uh, it was really nice to be out and about and and you know when you're when you're working, it's a little bit different because you you wind up spending a lot of time indoors and actually doing the work mm-hmm. that you're that you're sent there to do um and you know if it, if I had my druthers, I think I would just be walking around looking at baseball stuff but uh it was it's nice i I actually enjoy the Facebook live for that reason because it gets me out to go watch the actual spring training part of spring training, which is fun
1: which is awesome uh, uh. Well, I was going to say that what's interesting is that hockey actually has open practices and it's almost like spring training every day because you can, have, it's such a, it's a different way to see the teams. Like you can see Alex Ovechkin just fire off one-timers to see how hard he can hit the puck. Um, and if hockey fans should always take the, take the opportunity to go uh, watch an open practice because those are super, super, super fun.
0: Yeah, that sounds cool. I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know enough about, I know NFL has training camps. I've been to NFL training camp the Jets used to practice like 10 minutes from where i grew up mm-hmm. so i've i've been there a bunch of times it's cool um i don't know i don't know that i i'm i might appreciate it differently now in, in adulthood at at that age i was mostly just like gawking at the size of nfl <laughs> guys and i was like yeah hold hanging on to my slim nfl hopes you know because i was 13 <laughs> years old and i was like i don't know if i'll ever be that big and it turns out i wasn't it wasn't gonna happen for me not uh not for you so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to think of what sport needs a spring training type event because I think the spring aspect of it is so important, and baseball is the only one where the season yes. lines up like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's probably key. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hockey has open practices. I don't know. Like NBA, uh, there's training camps. You can always go to D League games if you're really curious. So I would say that spring training is pretty specific to baseball.
0: Right, and hockey—they don't all go someplace else, right? Because you can just no. practice at your own arena if you want.
1: Yeah, they just—they always just practice, you know, at their own
0: arenas. Yeah. So for being the summertime sport, baseball kind of needs the warm weather, and so spring mm-hmm. weather, the spring training needs to happen someplace other and that, that makes it fun too it's a little bit festive it's like a it's a vacation uh and, you know if you go down there as a fan it's it could be a vacation you can go to the beach you can go check out disney world if you want and then you can go watch you know your favorite team play baseball and practice and it's not quite the regular season it's different but it's it's a fun atmosphere i i can't can't say enough i keep talking about it uh let's move on Uh, this is a good one. This is for you. This is way, way better for you than for me. And I wanted to get into this anyway. Uh, it's from Amit Badlani, who is a, uh, friend of mine, a guy I used to work with.
1: Uh, he wants
0: to know, for both of you, your favorite Indian food, and for Ted, which is funny that he doesn't ask you you this, for (laughs) Ted, what level of spicy can you handle? Uh, you, you go first. First of all, you go first. What is your favorite type of Indian food? Because I understand, Uh. I had a conversation with Adi, another one of our coworkers, and he mm-hmm. basically told me that any Indian food I'm eating is like not, it's like stuff that I'm gonna get judged by Indian people for eating.
1: Uh, I kind of, without knowing the specifics of what Adi told you, I'm gonna say that he's right. Um,
0: he's definitely <laughs> right. I am, I am such a, I'm so basic when it, term, it comes to oh, Indian man. food.
1: So, uh, so as someone who literally just got back, it's been like 12 hours since I got off the plane from India, um, Uh, this is a difficult question because there's so much different Indian food, and Adi is right in the sense that the food that Indian people... take. there's
0: like a billion people there, and like very disparate regions. That part I know.
1: It's just like, I mean, it's it's so varied and it's so different. Um, My favorite Indian food is actually a dish that is traditional for South India. So for context, I'm from Mumbai, which is um, in the western... Part of, of of India, and you've got North Indian, and basically you can split it up regionally, like North Indian, South Indian. Uh, the the area where I'm from has Indian food that isn't really popular in the United States, since it tends to be really simple, um, and it's definitely more like what like food that farmers would be eating, because it involves like a lot of like like whole grains. Um, and very simple vegetables so my favorite indian food is probably south indian food and do you know what dosas are
0: dosas are like yes yeah. yes it's
1: like a really big rice crepe like it's a big right. thing it's like a, it's a
0: sandwichy type thing
1: um no it's not a sandwich no it's,
0: not it's, a sa- it's but it's like it's wrapped up
1: yeah well it's like folded yeah it like okay. it folds um oh. so
0: I doses are when I was favorite. doing, I used, to do, uh, I used to do sandwich, like, debates, you know, like, the, the mm-hmm. sort of the hot dog is a sandwich thing. I used to write about, mm-hmm. like, is this a sandwich, and dosas were something people often suggested I should check out.
1: Oh, yeah, no, dosas are definitely not a sandwich. Okay. Uh, I can, uh, yeah, 100% will tell you it's not a sandwich, but have you ever eaten a dosa before? I don't think I have. Oh, my God! Ted, the next time you come down here, we've got to go to my favorite Indian place.
0: This kind of looks like it could be considered a It's sandwich.
1: not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. If because you're of...
0: a big picture sandwich person, and you say <coughs> it's that. It's
1: not a sandwich. Okay.
0: <laughs> I will definitely eat this. I think I've had this. I'm pretty sure I've had this. I
1: find it hard to believe you haven't had a dose yet because it's pretty popular.
0: It looks like many other foods I've had at the very least
1: um so dosas are my favorite indian food there might be oh i feel like there's got to be something else that i really like but dosas are my number one
0: i i am i don't even want to say because i like everything i would order like if i get the indian and and again it's going to be some indian restaurant you would totally judge it would just be like the local (laughs) takeout place and like i'm getting things that are like Items 1 through 5 on the lunch special, which are always, like, the most basic, right? Like, I am only – I would say, like, I've explored so much more in terms of Chinese food and uh, Mm -hmm. Southeast Asian food. For Indian food – Which I like. Like, I I like the Indian food I've had, but it's, like, we're talking, like, vindaloo and chicken tikka masala. Like, just very straightforward white people Indian food is what I like. It's
1: definitely white people Indian food. And it's good. And and
0: I'm, obviously, I suspect I would like Indian people Indian food as well. I like most foods. uh, Yeah. If it's good. Um, So, so I, I have no doubt. I just don't even know where to begin. Right, like I can, I can, you can figure out, uh, for me, I can figure out, like a a Chinese restaurant, like there's obviously the classic sort of American Chinese restaurant, and then you, (laughs) if you're eating something that's like a regional Chinese cuisine, I can figure Mm -hmm. out that this is not General Tso's chicken. I have no trouble making that distinction. But with Indian food, I'm so, I I don't know that I ever had Indian food before like 10 years ago, honestly. It just, there's never been, it wasn't something we ate growing up there weren't any like takeout places in our rotation in college so i just like mm-hmm. never really had exposure to that until i mm-hmm. moved into the city so mm-hmm. i'm still like fairly like i'm i'm uneducated about indian food if we're being honest
1: i i have so in in northern virginia there is there's lots of different like levels of indian food which i assume there are in new york as well which is like the upscale white people restaurants that are generally you know that serve like a weird amalgamation of Indian slash American cuisine put together and then there are the local places that just Indian people go to because that's where you get Indian food. But I think part of the problem is that most Indian people cook like the traditional stuff that you eat on a daily basis, they cook that at home Mm -hmm. and when they go out to eat they go out for like the fancy stuff that you would never make at home, like the naan and paneer and, you know, chicken tikka masala stuff, which is kind oh. of things that well, so you Indian really... People, if yeah. Indian
0: people go out for chicken tikka masala, then I feel better about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is okay. So, like, basic Indian food is, is generally a vegetable... Um, like a roti and rice and lentils for your meal and that stuff is so basic that most indian restaurants are like they they'll have it on the menu but you generally won't even see indian people get that because why would you go out and pay for it when you can just eat it at home
0: right that makes sense as for yeah. the spicy aspect of it <laughs> i think that i think that by and I, and I don't mean this in like a racial way. I think by white guy standards, I have like a very high tolerance for spice. I know this because <laughs> when I go out to cause like especially Thai restaurants, they they <laughs> like will be like how spicy, and they look at the, and they look at me like skeptically, and I'll be like spicy, go for it. And sometimes I feel like it's almost like a challenge. Like then they're like, okay, this guy says he thinks he likes spicy food. Let's see what he can do. And yeah. I've gotten I've I've had food where it's like. Well, this is delicious, but maybe it's slightly too spicy for me. But mm-hmm. I've almost never, like, had to turn anything away for being too spicy. Uh, right. I can think of one experience. I went to a buffalo wing place out, actually, in Reston, not not far from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember the name of the place, but it was someplace some we read about in college. And I, I had a roommate that I was extremely competitive with. And there was a place on – there was a buffalo wing on the menu – that was like, if you eat six, you get your name on the wall. You have to sign a waiver to even order them. And, wow. you know, the, the spiciest one in the world or whatever. Like a food challenge before Man First Food was even really a thing. And so, obviously, my roommate and I sat down and we were both like, I'll take six. And he said, I'll take six. And the waiter was like, don't. Just don't do that. You're <laughs> not going to eat six. He was like, I'll tell you what. Like, you guys, I'll bring you guys an, an order of six to split. If you can, if you eat the first six, the second six are on me. And so we we got the plate of wings, and we each took one bite and could not eat anything else for the rest of the day (laughs) and wound up – he had a minivan, and we wound up with his girlfriend driving us back to our house – (laughs) <laughs> while we were both shivering on the bench sheets of the minivan because it was... Are it
1: was, you serious? Yeah, it
0: was way too spicy. I mean, I was like, obviously, it was way too spicy. You had to sign a waiver. It was too spicy. Yeah, if it's something dangerously spicy, it's no good. But up to that point, I'm I'm good with it.
1: I So I will say, in a little bit of a reverse, I think that my tolerance for spicy is very high for American white people standards. Because I generally will add hot sauce to anything that I order, and I tell it like tell like if I'm going to a Thai restaurant or an Indian place that like can you make it spicy? Um, I'll generally add hot sauce to it. Uh, but as far as spicy level for Indian people, I'm definitely like mid range. We had so in India, we went to my cousin's husband's like in-laws house for for dinner, and they made like this really great meal for us and they had this like garlic chutney to mix with the food and i was like oh it's garlic chutney it won't be that bad i mixed it with the rice and that and that's probably like i could not get through the rice that it was it was so spicy huh. um, See, I would, that and everybody else so
0: good to me i know <laughs> and everybody I'm else at the table right was
1: now. just like <laughs> everybody else at the table was just like plowing through it so i was like okay <laughs> this is this is definitely a little weak i
0: remember um, I'm being in in uh, in Southeast Asia, we had a ton of trouble getting convincing people that I wanted spicy food. Like it was, yeah. I mean, obviously the language barrier was <clears throat> the big one, right? If I spoke Thai, I think it would have been a lot easier <laughs> to just tell them, like, please make it spicy. But I think that especially uh, British people and Australian people are just typically not as into spicy food as Americans. So agree. it was. I I think they were assuming British, or so especially Australians. There's a ton of Australian people traveling through throughout Southeast Asia, and so people sort of default to assuming like, here comes a white guy. He doesn't want spicy food. And it, was yeah. like, it came to like finding the hot sauce and pointing at it and then like gesturing that you wanted it because I was <laughs> first we were trying thumbs up. But then, like the people didn't really seem like. Why would they have thumbs up? That's our. That's an American. That's guess, true. Yeah. Right? There's like, there's, there's so, so many different. different things. Yeah. So like so me being like <clears throat> idiot ignorant American, I'm like thumbs up. Why don't you get thumbs up? But uh, <laughs> they don't get thumbs up. So you had to like mimic spreading it on the bread to to, to convince them to give me the hot sauce.
1: I, I think that's pretty funny. Um. So one thing I should clarify is that I actually don't like Indian food. Like, aside from doses. Well, that's a and a strange going- turn. And, and well, I don't want people to, to come away with the impression that I'm a huge fan of Indian food. Um, dosas are basically the only thing I will go out for as far as Indian food is concerned. Because what do, you, what do you eat in India? Well, we had Indian food in India, but I don't have a choice when I'm there. Like, I've just got to eat what's put in front of me. And it's good, but it's like every single day of my life I've had to consume some type of Indian food. And I can tell you that... I need a break from it. So I would never, ever go out for Indian food because it's it's all we ever
0: eat. I'm, I mean, that makes sense. We, I, I, like, my wife and I are both Italian. We both grew up with Italian food. We never, mm-hmm. I would never. I, like, it's just not even on my right. And I know, like, yeah. Italian food is sort of like the standard for a lot of people for going out. And it's never yeah. even on my radar. Like, I'll okay, get pizza, obviously. But right. going out for, like, pasta or whatever, it's just, well, I know how to make sauce. And I know how to make pasta. Like, I could just do this at home. So, exactly. yeah, it's the same way.
1: It's the same way. So I don't want anyone out here thinking that I am a big advocate of going out for Indian food. I will 100% invite you to my house to eat Indian food, but I'll never go out
0: for it. I will come to your house and eat Indian food. That sounds good. You,
1: you really should. That'll be that'll be one of our podcasts. It will, I won't I won't cook it though. I'll have my sister make it because she's a much better cook.
0: <laughs> you've mentioned and it will push my boundaries yeah. in all sorts of ways because like a meal without meat is almost unfathomable for me. <laughs> So, and I'll
1: tell her. I'll tell her not to go easy on the spices. Ted wish, likes it spicy. does not
0: have to. Yeah. I. I, okay. I yeah. Let I me mean, see what she can do. You know. Like it, it Maybe. Maybe break me. You never know. You never know. Um all right. All right, Next got, question. Next question. Um, we have this is again. We uh, okay. This is from at C-tar, Michael Donato. <laughs> another guy I've met in real life. Uh, good dude. Meth fan. He wants to know. What's the most mundane, useless, or mundane or useless set of facts you've memorized? Oh, wow. Have you memorized any useless sets of facts?
1: Um, I would say that the useless, I haven't memorized them on purpose, but I think I probably just know a lot of, like, Useless celebrity trivia. I'm not great with numbers and stats, so I don't, it's not like I've memorized the batting average of like the entire 76 Mets or something like that.
0: Well, there, yeah, I mean, there are like hardcore sports knowledge freaks out there, (laughs) Um, and it's super impressive. I don't, I don't have that type of like recall. There, I've met people who they could be like, well, this game, and I've met actually players, ex players who can do it, where they're like, they can remember yeah. a game from, like, 1979 and, like, the third mm-hmm. pitch this guy threw me was a slider just off the plate. And then he came back in with the. Fa- it's like, how do you remember any of this stuff? I don't even know what I ate for breakfast. Uh, I but-
1: Patrick Kane, is, it's weird because Patrick Kane, who plays for the Blackhawks, and you wouldn't think is that kind of a player, but is a crazy, has a crazy memory and just, like, memorizes all of his own stats and, like, his teammate's stats. It's insane.
0: That's cool. I, I mean, I have, yeah. I have a good... I would say like pretty confidently I have like a really broad knowledge base and I do well like when I'm I was in the Jeopardy contestant pool for a while and I certainly do well when I'm at home watching Jeopardy like I can I can Mm -hmm. figure out trivia pretty well I'm good at bar trivia uh when I was in the Jeopardy contestant pool and they never actually called me and ultimately I'm kind of glad about it because I feel like I have more to learn before I want to go on Jeopardy uh (laughs) one of the things I studied and for a while knew was the succession of the British throne because? Oh my I,
1: God, I I was gonna say the same thing.
0: Well, but do you, wait. So do you know it?
1: I don't. But I remember. I don't know it anymore. But I'm. But I was just thinking about how we read Richard the Third. So I had to go through like the entire succession of the British throne to be able to figure out like where it fit. And I remember that that was like the most useless thing that I had ever devoted a significant amount of time to. <laughs> that
0: would probably be the most useless thing i've done but and and now it's gone. like I you know yes. as as long as I was trying to learn it, i I had it for a while. and now i I mean, I know Henry the Third came after Henry the Second, you know, but, <laughs> but other than that, like it's a you know it's and I know like the the Georges were right around the time of the American Revolution. like i I know yeah. some some <clears throat> benchmarks, right? like. 1066, William the Conqueror, but, like, those things pop up, and that's all, again, like, the Jeopardy, because Jeopardy is never, like, deeply involved knowledge, it's just, it sort of tests, uh, knowledge of a variety, like, some knowledge of a variety of subjects, and that's kind of what I go for, uh, because Jeopardy is, like, the only reason I want the trivia, And also because it's good for, like, when you run into someone who's like, oh, I'm an expert on the British throne. You can be like, oh, really? Well, 1066, tell me about the Battle of Hastings. And, like, that's the one thing I know. But then it seems like I'm interested in what they have to say.
1: I remember remember it was very specifically we were – I did a semester abroad in London, and as part of this, like, theater course, we were studying Richard III, and part of it was trying to figure out, like, who – where why richard iii inherited the throne and all this other stuff so it was untangling um the the hierarchy of the british monarchy and i remember that for a while
0: yeah.
1: yeah like the the you know the pentangle and the word the roses and all this other stuff and i think for a while like i had it nailed down pretty good but then some assorted trivia came in and has pushed it right out
0: yeah i used to have like a a very firm sense of like <clears throat> the eight tallest buildings in the world and stuff, and then they keep building taller <laughs> buildings, and I just haven't kept up. Uh, I would say, I don't think this counts as useless in any way, but I know every word of, like, six different Biggie songs. Uh, <laughs> but that is extremely useful uh, information, so I have no no problem with having memorized that.
1: I will say when I was, like... 15 or 16, I memorized all the words to R.E.M.'s, It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. And I think I, could, I can still pretty well sing along with it. Like, once I get going, I can get pretty much every single word.
0: That is a good one. That is a that is a better song to know than uh, We Didn't Start the Fire, which those are always, <laughs> yes. they're always kind of in the same category to me because it's like the singer yeah. lists a bunch of stuff. But yeah. uh, the R.E.M. is a much better song. Um, mm-hmm. All right, we're, you're, I imagine your battery is dying fast. My,
1: yeah, my battery is at 22%. i so,
0: okay, so uh, we've got uh, – let's go with two more. Um, two two okay. more, and they're both baseball – they're both spring training ones. Um, one is, why do they have ties in baseball during spring training? Shouldn't they continue until a team wins like normal? Uh, this is from Nate, Nate, not Nate Scott, our former host here, Nate Weiser, and uh, Wiser09 on Twitter, and it's a it's fairly simple. It's that they don't have the pitchers, right? And so you mm-hmm. don't want to. The last thing you want to do in spring training is be like, oh, we need a guy to throw six innings out of the bullpen in in, in spring in a spring training game. So I think technically they they could continue to play continue to play, but it's usually that. You know, one team is traveling in spring training, and so you're only going to put a certain number of pitchers on the bus. You'll probably have, you know, the guys lined up to start that day, to pitch that day, whether it's this guy's three, this guy has two innings, this guy has two innings, and then maybe one or two emergency dudes in case one of those guys can't get out of an inning. But you're not bringing enough pitchers for a lengthy extra innings game. You're obviously not going to – it's practice, right? So you're obviously not going to force a – a position player to risk injury it's all about the injury risk and so uh they're super careful about that stuff and and you'll see you know sometimes managers will agree to play a 10th inning and sometimes they just they just can it at nine
1: i think that makes sense i feel like that's pretty reasonable
0: yeah i mean there's and there's a lot of uh you know i think there's a case that spring training games could all be shorter the spring training schedule could <clears throat> certainly be shorter because they make it i mean a full month's worth of spring training games uh you it means that at the beginning you're getting you know the star players are only seeing two or three innings per game yeah. maybe they need that time to build up I, I imagine it's a case-by-case situation but it does feel like they have a lot of spring training games like spring training for as excited as i am about it right now talk to me i'm like March twenty fifth, and I'll be like, all right, enough about it. enough of these spring training games. Um, so, <laughs> there's that's
1: definitely there. That's you could say that for the entire MLB season, though. It feels like excessively long to me at points.
0: <laughs> I love the length of it because I <laughs> care so much. Well, I care so much about the the numbers in baseball and just like how how they play out over the course of a season. And so, to me, like that the the giant sample you're dealing with in in mm-hmm. baseball is part of the appeal but yeah i mean it's a it's a really long season it what it doesn't need is like and what players don't need when they're not getting paid for it is is like an extra right. month of games up yeah. so i That's think that. i think they could probably make the games a little bit shorter maybe that would that would help i'm surprised that hasn't come up in any sort of collective bargaining stuff because it does seem like spring training for people who are about to start a 162-game workload, that's a pretty big workload. No, I agree. Um, And then last one, this is fun. This is from David Galkowski, uh, at Dave Galkowski on Twitter. He wants to know, should all spring training games include one at-bat from a random fan pulled out of the stands? (laughs) I say yes. That's what he said. But I also say yes, Yeah.
1: I think that that part of that appeal of spring training—that you could randomly be pulled in—would make it even more popular. It doesn't even have to be every spring training game; it could just be every other spring training game.
0: You would get so many hopeful bros showing up, like (laughs) in full uniform, like having—like it would be me. I would do it too. You know, like going to the batting cage, like I could do this. I mean, you.
1: You already have your bat and your glove with you.
0: Oh, I do. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I would want to be that guy. I would, I mean, every every single person we've ever met would strike out. You'd just strike out. You have no, I mean, unless you, if you're facing a major league pitcher, unless you have played, like, double-A baseball, you basically have, like, no chance of making contact. You're just no, not going to even not. make contact. Uh, but I would love to see that, and I think, like, that might, Obviously, they're not going to do it because of the risk of injury. It's never going to happen. Oh, no, of course, not. it's never going to happen. Right. I would like to see that. I would like to see that. Every, in every sport, every once in a mm-hmm. while, they just pull on like a completely average schmo to participate with the professional athletes, just so the rest of us can understand how horrible we would look against those guys. Like just <clears throat> every once in a while, you know, run out just some guy. To an NBA, there- and he just you <laughs> have to play you have to play with some dude on your team for like 20 minutes of a game.
1: There, there's an interesting story. Um, this was I think two seasons ago. So Mike Richards is no longer he hasn't retired from the NHL, but he's no longer active. Like he's on waivers or something um but there was a time when he wasn't really with a team so he played like beer league hockey so he's this like nhl player waiting to be picked up and then he just to pass the time was playing beer league hockey with his brother's team and they were all like yeah it was ridiculous because he was scoring like 18 goals a night against
0: a, against right, he's them an NHL yeah, player.
1: He's, yeah he's an nhl player and you drop him into a beer league and they were like oh he's
0: really good well but obviously i mean i have a, i have a I have this experience, right? Because uh, a couple <laughs> of years ago, uh, Cliff Floyd, the former Major League mm-hmm. Baseball player, came and played with me and my friends in baseball, and he actually went one for six, which was which was nuts. But, I mean, it, that kind of speaks to baseball. Like, it's uh, – he – he. it was, like, just no doubt that he was a better baseball player than everyone on the field. I mean, not that that was ever in question, but looking at him, and, again, like, the the – looking at his swing, it was like, a thing of beauty. It was incredible. And when he did, uh, on one of those outs, it was like a 310-foot fly ball. We just happened to have the right fielder playing as far away as as anyone might reasonably (laughs) position a right fielder. Uh, But baseball does have that little bit of, I think with with pitching, Mm -hmm. it would be, I think with hitters, there's that little bit of equalization there Whereas, like, I think that most likely what was happening was that guys were throwing so much slower than he's used to that mm-hmm. he was just like he was just not adjusted yet to how like he, how he's getting, bad you
1: guys were. Right, he was
0: used to seeing he yeah. seeing ninety-five mile an hour fastballs, and now he's seeing like right. sixty-five mile an hour fastballs. And if you like, if you go to the batting cage and you you know you can you go in against seventy or eighty, and you can make some contact, and then you step into the fifty-mile an hour cage, you're gonna swing and miss. You're just gonna swing mm. and miss because your ti- it's so much about timing. Uh, maybe not if you're Cliff Floyd because you're way better than me. But for me, for most people, I think the the, the reverse of it though, any regular person see, a regular person has a chance of getting a major league or, a major league hitter out because he could hit the ball at someone, but a regular person has no chance of getting a major league hit.
1: I I agree with that. I think that <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a scenario in which it might be even remotely feasible for uh, a normal person to try to compete with a professional athlete, and I just can't think of anything.
0: There's no sport where I mean, I there, mean
1: if, unless it was basketball, and you kind of got really lucky with uh, being able to just like shoot three pointers or or free throws. I feel
0: like they would block every shot, right? Like against an NBA yeah. average, especially if you're an average height, right? Like even yeah. if you're an incredible shooting five foot nine guy. Mm-hmm. You've got like some six foot four guard guarding you. He's just gonna block every shot like you you're not yeah. gonna i mean i don't I don't know I'm so bad at so many sports that maybe I'm a bad <laughs> example, and like I think there's a case I think people would say in baseball like okay, well, if you just stand there, if you got six hundred at bats, maybe eventually you'd get hit because the the ball would mm-hmm. find your bat and then find a hole in the defense'cause baseball is so random like that, but
1: maybe uh, maybe volleyball. volleyball.
0: I don't know. I I don't know enough about vol. Like I, I mean, I know that like Misty May and Kerry Walsh are going to beat me at volleyball. Those well, are the they only, are. They're the only volleyball people I know. <clears throat> um, bowling is a good one, right? Because if if you are just a guy having the best day, day of your life, I mean, people who There are serious bowlers, but there are like amateurs who bowl 300 games. And exactly. that's, so you can be perfect. But that's yeah. not it that doesn't feel like direct competition. Right, like you're not, so no one's guarding you in bowling. If there was like a good someone playing defense <laughs> in bowling and he was a professional,
1: <laughs> like blocking your it would be shot. a lot
0: harder. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think that's a great new sport we just invented, Ted. Uh,
0: I love it, full contact bowling. <laughs> I that I, I could I can handle that sport.
1: I can handle it. All right, I All
0: can't right. believe you still have batteries. Uh, so we we got to go. You can check us out on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. We've had a little bit of a technical issue with our iTunes feed uh, recently. We're getting it figured out. Hemel is back, and she is on it. So uh, subscribe on iTunes, rate us, review us there. Plenty of podcasts to come sometime soon. Hemel, uh, it is great to have you back, and uh, welcome back to the United States.
1: Happy to be back. Have a good day. See ya.